you're listening to Leadership Loading, a podcast that inspires leaders to be continuous learners and provides insight for those making the leap from the front line to the boardroom. My name is Jason McLaren, and I'm an Air Force firefighter veteran and safety expert turned entrepreneur and nonprofit director. I'm sitting down with industry leaders to talk about their leadership traits and lessons they have learned that can make an impact on future leaders. Hey everyone, this is Jason McLaren and you're listening to Leadership Loading. And today we're talking about life after the military and running a side hustle as a veteran. Today, my guest is Jeff Bailey. He's an army veteran and reservist and a firefighter and has a couple of side hustles we're going to talk about. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. So yeah, let's get started. Tell us a little bit about your military career first and then we'll roll into uh, what you're doing now. Okay. Well, come from a military family, uh, third generation to, uh, straight to serve, fourth as a military brat, uh, joined the Army uh, right before I graduated high school back in 1986, uh, actually joined uh, in Carlsruhe, West Germany, where I graduated high school. Uh, stepfather was over there at the time, and that's where I joined up and went to basic at Fort Jackson, uh, went to Fort Gordon, Georgia for 72 golf school which is a very long name, but short version of it is Fixed Station Comm Center Operator. Was assigned to the UK Signal Company in uh, originally in RAF Kerwent, which was an ammo dump in southeast Wales, and then reassigned to the company headquarters right outside of London in, at uh, High Wycombe Air Station. Spent uh, three years in England, uh, decided uh, I want to keep pursuing my dream of being a fighter pilot, uh, a few years later, that one went out the door because I found out I had to have a lot of math in college, and me and math don't get along. But uh, when I came home after being on active duty, I got into the reserves and have stayed in the reserves for the last 30 years. Awesome. And, uh, you know, what are you doing now that you're out or now that you're part-timer? Um my full-time job, I'm a firefighter EMT for Lockheed Martin Fire Department in Fort Worth. We are right across the runway from NAS Fort Worth. We share the runway, so we run mutual aid together on uh, aircraft emergencies and any other emergencies we might have that we need extra personnel on either side of the runway. Um, along with that, uh, being that it is aircraft, I'm uh, a uh, ARF firefighter as well, aircraft rescue firefighter, uh, hazmat tech, rope tech, uh, vehicle rescue tech, um, and uh, I started my fire service with uh, Benbrook Fire Department as a volunteer and transitioned from that to a compensated volunteer, part-time type person, and that's where I got into scuba diving, Got it was on their dive team, and that's where my one of my side hustles came from. Awesome. So uh, what's the, can you tell those uh, like what the difference is between like Lockheed Martin fire department and, you know, private fire departments versus like the city? Oh, absolutely. Um, there, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, we actually finally about eight, nine years ago, went to a 2448 schedule. Uh, we have engines, we have uh, uh, power truck which is a ladder with a bucket on it uh, ambulance a uh, squad rescue truck just like a regular fire departments would have uh, like 
some city fire departments, such as Fort Worth and Dallas, that cover airports. We also have the ARF trucks. The difference is we are there to protect the uh, not only just the people, but the buildings and the product that we build. Uh, at our plant, we build the F-35 Lightning II, all three variants. So uh, we deal mainly with that aircraft versus uh, the eclectic at a uh, civilian airport like at the DFW International or Love Field or even uh, um, Alliance in North Fort Worth. Um, some of the other differences is we have to have a RIV, Rapid Intervention Vehicle, on the ramp during the day, which those airports do not. Uh, it's part of the contract we have to build the aircraft. Uh, we also deal with uh, uh, running the fire alarm systems, going and turning them on and turning them off for workers when they're working on them. Uh, we actually deal with the sprinkler systems quite a bit, uh, having to shut them off and drain them and fill them back up when they need to be worked on as well. Um, and so because of our product, we're very versed in how the how to shut down and deal with an F-35 incident and actually get the pilot out of the cockpit. Um, just like DOD firefighters are with all their different aircraft, we just mainly uh, work on the F-35. We do have a we do a little bit of cross training uh, every now and then with the Navy, uh, and also when air shows come in, we get to uh, since we help with the air shows, we get to go through cockpits, especially those aircraft that are going to be flying. That way, if we're first up to the aircraft versus the Navy Fire Department, then we know what to do. But uh, we mainly focus on our aircraft. And, and is that what you do on your reserve time, firefighting stuff? Nope. Uh, that is completely different. Never did any firefighting in the military at all. I am currently the logistics sergeant major for a medical brigade in southeast Dallas. Awesome. So you're I've, just I've gone through wearing all the hats. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I started off communications, active duty went to combat signaler in the reserves uh i was working on being a drill sergeant for a while and had unfortunately I had to give that up due to my civilian job so i ended up picking up uh, field artillery as an mos for a little while uh, went to another unit and ended up having to go uh, vehicle maintenance and then came back to the dfw area and ended up in a unit where i had to go uh, become logistics i did both 92 Yankee, which is unit supply, and then when I became a first sergeant, I had to go and become a 92 Alpha, which is warehouse supply. So I've got quite a, quite a cross section in in the army. Definitely. So I think that would help you in your side hustles. Let's talk, let's talk about those a little bit. So I know, I know you said your first one's like a scuba diving company. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what it what's the name and everything? Absolutely. Uh, like I was saying earlier, with the uh, Benbrook Fire Department, the chief decided to put the dive team back together. Um, and I was one of the ones selected to be in the first class to go through all that. Uh, a friend of mine uh, that was on the department, a lieutenant, did as well. And once we both uh, got into it after a while, uh, we decided, hey, this is some fun stuff. And he started a, a dive business mainly, uh, first of all, as teaching, but as recovery. I followed suit and started my own business, Firefighter Dive Ventures. 
um, where he focuses on the search and recovery. I focus more on dive trips, putting them together. While it's been a while since I've done that, I'm still willing and able to, even if I can't go, to set up a dive trip and send a group out. Uh, we've gone to um, just south of South Padre Island and did the uh, USS, um, I want to say Texas, but that's not right. Um, it That dive escapes me. It's Is there Lexington? Uh, is that the Lexington in there? No, 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 no. Lexington is in the harbor. This is one that was put, sent out about an hour south of South Padre and sunk to be a dive site and uh, um, for Texas A&M uh, students uh, doing marine biology to study marine uh, the marine environment. Uh, unfortunately, it tipped over when it went down, so it's on its side, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it. Uh, and that's where uh, some of some of the people that went said, "Hey, where are we diving next?" And that's what uh, uh, where my business was born from. So the next trip we did the Ariscany off of uh, uh, Pensacola, um, and it is sitting upright. It was the first aircraft carrier intentionally sunk, and as far as I know, the only aircraft carrier intentionally sunk uh, for marine life and for a dive site. Uh, the top of the ship is at 80 feet, so it's a, it's a fairly deep dive. Awesome. Is the one off South Padre called a Texas Clipper? Yes, thank you. That That is it, the Texas Clipper. Um, they are raising money to uh, go down there and somehow ride it up. That's a very shallow dive um, when you're looking at, at depths. It's only at 90 feet. You can actually stand on the bottom of the ocean right there, and you're only at 90-foot depth. Whereas the Ariskin, you got to go all the way to 80 feet just to get to the top of the smokestacks. Um, the deck is at 145 feet, which is about 15 feet lower than uh, normal recreational limits. You need some specialized diving to really go down and stay on the deck. I know people have gone down there and like touched it and come right back up. Um, but to stay down there on it for any length of time, you need special training and some some uh, extra equipment than a recreational diver would normally have. But it is an awesome dive. I bet. I'm, I haven't been diving yet. I know a couple of my friends that do, and I guess I need to put that on one of my bucket lists. So. Now, I will tell you, learning here in Texas has its drawbacks because uh, – uh, Texas lakes is, is mud diving. You get down about 10, 15 feet in most lakes and it's like, is the sun even out? Right. It's very, very dark. Uh, we do have a couple sites we like to go to, uh, to teach and just to get, uh, people more comfortable with diving before they head out to the big water. Cool. All right. What's, uh, tell us about your other gig. Okay. My other business is first on scene. It's a medical business. Um, teach first aid, kind of um, build the program around what the individual or the group wants. It can be, I've taught boy and girl scouts, uh, some minor first aid. I've taught a couple uh, other groups a little bit more into, um, in, more into depth of some first aid because they were older and, and could understand more. Uh, 
but the biggest thing I teach right now is CPR and AED use. Uh, I will teach the 30 to 2, but when I do that, I also teach uh, compression only. Uh, I do have trained AEDs, so when they're doing the CPR, the, they get the full aspect of it. Uh, they get, I'll hand them the training AED, or one of their, their fellow students will. They have to put it on, let the AED assess and tell them what to do, just like a real AED does. Uh, although when it says shock, obviously there is no shock. Uh, 4D batteries don't, don't do much. Uh, and that's just to run the machine. There's no electricity coming down the down the wires or anything, but it gives them the feel of what it's really like to uh, do CPR and use AD if they really had to. So they are when they're done, they get they're certified for two years through uh, HSI uh, Health Safety Institute, um, and I don't sign off unless I feel if I don't feel comfortable that they could actually do that if it were to happen. Definitely. Yeah, I've been through that training several times being a former firefighter and I'll, pretty much every job after that, I've been a first responder for something. So I had to renew mine all the time. And yep. so it's good, good stuff. And with the compression only, I put them, I do put them through the ringer a little bit because compression only is a hundred compressions in 60 seconds. So when they're done, they realize what, what's expected of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, they, like you said, some trainers will just, you know, have you run a couple you know, 30 compressions or whatever, and then say you're good. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I have them practice for a good 20 minutes because I teach not just the adult. I teach uh, pediatric and infant. So when they're done, they can run CPR on a baby, on an 8-year-old kid, or a 50-year-old adult. So they do the compressions on all three, the different ways they have to do it. And I give them 20, 30 minutes of practice time until they're feeling comfortable before we even go in and do the testing. And when they go through the testing alone, they're they're pumping between three and five hundred compressions. There you go. That's a good test there. So they're they're whooped. They're whooped by the end of the day. Awesome. So so tell us a little bit about how your military leadership skills have helped you in your business on the side and and in your full time job. Okay. Well, um, not to brag a little bit, but. Um, September of 18, I graduated the United States Army Sergeant Majors Academy. Uh, so I've gone through all, pretty much every leadership school the Army has thrown for the NCOs, uh, starting with PLDC, uh, which back then what it was. Now it's BLC, Basic Leadership Course, uh, Senior Leadership Course, Advanced Leadership Course. The newest one uh, for Master Sergeants, uh, MLC, Master Leader Course. I was did not get to go through because it came out after I was already taken the Sergeant Majors Academy. Um, with all that, I've pretty much been in a leadership position in my military career since 1993, starting with squad leader and working my way up through first sergeant uh, on onto the sergeant major level. So, using all those skills and all the information I've learned over the years, both book and actual working with the soldiers and 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 exercises and everything i was, take that uh, information and use it in my business both for my detailing for paperwork as well as going out and getting one-on-one one-on-ten 
with the students and um, instructing them in either the scuba diving or in the first aid. Uh, there, believe me, there are times I just want to go off like you do on a private and basic, but you know those skills have taught me to sit there, relax, talk them through whatever problems they have, help them practice, help them fix whatever they need to fix, and to get through the problem successfully. That's a good example. Like basically you're an instructor in both jobs that you have. And even though that's not a, a skill or not a job that you've had in the past full time, you've used those skills and kind of you know, molded them to help you in, on your other uh, endeavors. So that's always a good example of using your skills you've learned and using them outside the, the military. So. Absolutely. The The biggest takeaway from all of it is just to sit there, take a breath, relax, and just calmly talk them through the problems. That's probably the biggest takeaway from the years of leadership that I've had in the military and what I've learned in the military to sit there and do. No matter how frustrated I get, tell them eight, eight nine, ten times how to do something, sometimes you just got to step back, take a breath, and come at it from a different angle. Definitely. All right, so how can, can we find your businesses online or get a hold of you online? Uh, my, I do have a Facebook page for Firefighter Dive Ventures. Uh, I do post uh, some of the first aid stuff there as well. I do need to create one for my business, for the medical business. But for right now, um, you can reach me through the Firefighter Dive Ventures Facebook page for the medical side. I do have two different emails. One is firefighterdiveventures at yahoo.com. And the other one is first on scene at yahoo.com. Awesome. So if you want to separate them and send an email, that's the way. Um, otherwise, just shoot me a, a, a message or post something on my Firefighter Dive Ventures page and I will get it. Awesome. I'll put a link to it on the show notes also. Okay. Well, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. Thank you very much for having me, Jason. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Loading Podcast. You can support this podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash leadership loading to get access to exclusive content, chats, and a whole lot more. Again, that's patreon.com slash leadership loading or visit our website, leadershiploading.com for more options.